The one thing I love about this church is that we have so many gifted and talented musicians. Example of the beauty of God's creation right here in this church. These last few years, many of us have been participating in protests about a host of issues that are important to this community, from the stairs of City Hall to the city courts and down as far as to the Capitol in Austin. Many of us have endured in our hope for equality with the goal of lifting the curtains to expose the injustices that we are witnessing today. And in the midst of our protests, we pause for celebration. On the heels of two years of marriage equality, folks walked the streets of downtown Houston just weeks ago celebrating Houston pride, marking progress in our history. And these same streets, city after city, once full of protesters marching through the streets of Houston, New York City, Los Angeles, Ferguson, Missouri, and Orlando demanding equality and justice. And while these celebrations help us to connect and build community with each other through a shared and common purpose, these celebrations serve as a reminder to us that freedom and justice is worth the fight. If not for the protest, if not for the precious lives lost in the pursuit of happiness, then why celebrate? We celebrate so that we do not forget that we are born free. We celebrate because we choose freedom in a way so that we do not have to compromise or apologize for who we are. Last month, June 19th, marked Emancipation Day. Some of you know it as Juneteenth. And Juneteenth in the state of Texas was the last day that the, the slaves were freed. In fact, Texas was the last state to rejoin the Union. But on June 19th, just last month, members of the Faith Leaders Coalition of Greater Houston stood alongside members of our community, community advocates, to celebrate the $34 million revitalization project of Emancipation Park right down the street in Third Ward. We've been celebrating, y'all. Just last weekend, Reverend Troy mentioned that some of you may have attended the Freedom Over Texas. It was July the 4th, Independence Day, another cause for celebration. We march, we protest, we pray, and we celebrate freedom and justice. And when we look back at our history, we remember 
We remember that we are the descendants of the oppressed. We remember that we are the descendants of the oppressors. And we sing and we shout together, we shall overcome. We cry tears of sorrow and tears of joy, for we are a people who believe that there is good in every human being. And the sanctuary choir, I appreciate so much how they sing a song to remind us about what justice really looks like. They say we dream of one world where we are one people standing by each other, united so that we can become strong. And last week, Angela did such an awesome job reminding us about the Pledge of Allegiance and the United States flag and how our flag is a symbol of a trust under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. She also showed us through the eyes of a little child how we are to love one another and love our neighbor. And as a people of faith, we cannot escape the realities of our country and of our state. We are part of a community that is in need for models of civility and respect. We understand that love is the essence of our creator and we are born to, in the image of this divine love. And if we want our church to represent love, then what is our responsibility to each other? Now, some of us choose the MCC denomination and specifically resurrection because we believe this is a church where we can bring our hopes and our dreams for peace and love. And we know that God meets us right here every Sunday. And Sunday after Sunday, when we see each other, we greet each other with a holy kiss. And we say to one another, peace be with you and also with you. Pope John Paul VI once stated, if you want peace, then work for justice. In our scripture reading today from the book of Luke, we see a judge that Jesus talks about to his disciples. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God and I don't care about people. But this woman, 
She's driving me crazy. I'm going to see to it that she gets justice because she is wearing me down. Wearing me out with these constant requests. This sacred story is about a judge who's overbearing, impatient, condescending, dismissive. This judge only cares for the judge's own needs. And yet, this judge is empowered to restore justice. For this persistent widow whose her, her, all she wants is to command the judge's attention. She says, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. Now, can you imagine what it feels like to be ignored and dismissed? Sent away without a hearing? Denied the right to equal justice? just because you are a widow? Perhaps this story isn't about a widow. Perhaps this story is about a poor person. Or perhaps it's about someone who's homeless, jobless, depressed, maybe even a convicted felon, completely ignored as though these lives do not matter. Now, some of us have suffered an injury at the hand of another person due to somebody else's actions. And we may see ourselves in this story. We may see ourselves as this namely nameless widow, and we may demand our justice. We want it now. What do we want? Justice. We want it now. And yet, if we look deeper into our relationships with the people in our lives, some of us may sometimes act just like this judge. And we may be ignoring the people around us. Are we disregarding the needs of the people who are sleeping on the same streets where we just celebrated Houston Pride two weeks ago? And for the people whose lives are riddled with economic hardships, who may feel that justice is not extended to them, are they being disregarded because their standard of living does not live up to our own standard of living? Where is justice for the poor? Where is justice for the, those who are mentally challenged? Where is justice for the hungry children some of these hungry children's parents are right here in this church today. These are the people who are here 
hoping to find peace and love. Now, almost 20 years ago, when I took my first management position, I was eating lunch downtown with one of my employees. And as we were eating, and I sat across the table from her, she said, I've got something that I want to talk to you about that's been bothering me about your behavior. She said, I notice that you tend to make our customers feel very important. She said, you help those complaining ones feel like their needs are going to be taken care of. But I need you to know that you're not that person when you deal with me. She needed me to know that she felt unimportant and not listened to. And at that moment, she began to cry. And I'm sitting here watching this lady who's at least 10 years older than myself crying because I had caused an injustice. And I knew in my heart that the only way that she was ever going to feel valued again is if and only if I began to treat her with humility and kindness and love. I knew I needed to change my ways and let her know that her needs, not just tell her, but show her that her needs are just as important to me as with any other customer or human being. She needed to know that she was empowered. She needed to know that she felt important. It matters how we treat the people around us. And justice begins in our homes. Justice begins in our workplaces. Justice begins right here in this church. The denomination MCC values justice. We know that justice for all means ensuring that everyone has an opportunity to pursue happiness even in a world that's divided. So when we look at our denominational metropolitan community churches, there is a statement about our value for justice. And even when we look in your bulletin, there are four values for Resurrection MCC. And the fourth one says Resurrection MCC values justice. It says we are committed to uplifting all people and standing with those who suffer under the weight of oppressive systems. And we are guided by our commitment to global human rights. So if we value justice as a church and as a people of faith, do we hear the widow's protest? Do we recognize the injustices around us? And if we do, how do we respond? 
Do we go into the streets and shout, no justice, no peace, no justice, no peace? And then come Sunday after Sunday to hear our gifted choirs sing songs such as the one we heard today. We are one people standing by each other, united so that we can become strong. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, we are not simply to bandage the wounds of the victim beneath the wheels of injustice. We are to drive a spoke into the wheel itself. One writer who speaks of Bonhoeffer's life says, Bonhoeffer's life challenges us to all pursue justice even when it is not popular. Not popular to care for and to defend the persecuted. And he also says that Bonhoeffer's life shows us that we are to follow God's leading. Does the prophet Micah still speak to us today? When the people ask, what does the Lord require of us? And the prophet Micah in 6.8 responds, to do what is right, to show kindness and mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Who are the judges and the widows of our time. Jesus invites us to stand alongside those individuals in our communities who are on the outer edges, constantly under assault. We're invited to stand with people that we know the least about, simply so that we can get a better understanding of their needs, especially the people we in this church who may feel that their needs are being ignored or dismissed. We must welcome the stranger and become friends, even for those who seem to have everything together. They have it all together in appearance. But if we talk to them, we may find out that that's the same person who's just about to lose everything. If we're going to be the kind of church that's going to transform the world around us, as our mission statement says, then some of us are going to be called into the streets for protest. And perhaps you're the one. Some of us are going to be called to organize the community around education for helping people to live positive and healthy lives with HIV. And others of us will be called to help eradicate the epidemic of HIV, new cases. And perhaps some of us are going to be called to work towards transgender equality, immigration, and voting rights, improved policing, and public policy, and protection for our environment and protection for our children. 
These are all justice-related causes that are important to our community. And if none of these issues that I raise are not your calling, then perhaps you are the one who is called into a fellowship of prayer. Perhaps you are the one who is called to hear the stories and to listen to the needs and to say a simple prayer that says, God, hear our prayers. Fill your beloved's heart and mind with new hope for better days. For I know you, the God of many names, is the God of unconditional love and the God who still hears, the God who still answers prayers. Perhaps that's your calling. We are called to be the church And our responsibility to each other is to hold one another accountable for our own behaviors and to act with love and humility. Alice Walker says, one of the great things about loving your people is you just love them. Now imagine seeing that widow after the judge granted her justice walking through the courthouse, singing one of Hezekiah Walker's song that goes, Faithful, faithful is our God. Faithful, faithful is our God. I'm reaping the harvest God promised me. Take back whatever was stolen from me. I rejoice today. For I shall recover it all. I rejoice today. For we shall recover it all. Justice is simply doing what is right. God still hears. And God still answers prayers. Amen.